Good evening, everybody. Tonight on Chat with Chad, I am so happy to have everybody be. I don't have a tan. I just got back from Puerto Rico. Uh, we did we didn't do as much sun. Uh, the beach was was wavy. It was hard to get in there. Uh, we, uh, me and uh, Mike Painting, who's on tonight, we tried. We ventured out and uh, we did that once. We didn't do it the rest of the time we were there. So. Uh, uh, we pretty much, uh, and everybody, we enjoyed the pool, uh, every day, every day and night after that. So welcome to the show tonight. Uh, I think we're going to have a great show, a uh, fun. I know I've got Chuck Roydhouse and Mike Fazio in the background. We'll be bringing on here in a second, but I just wanted to kind of give a little, uh, shout out to how, you know, what happened over the, uh, in, in uh, uh, last week in living with you and it's kind of a little bit, I, I, I want to give us. Big shout out to Mark last night on Surefire. Oh my God. One of the best shows he's ever done. Uh, it was really good. If you haven't watched Surefire last night, go watch it again or watch it if you haven't watched it. It was really, really good. And he mentioned me quite a bit. So, hey, oh, he's going to like that, right? So, anyway, um, tonight's about rapport. You know, there's been a lot of talk about rapport. Uh, you know, I've talked to Alan about it. You try to train people to have rapport. And rapport is, is something that we talked about eliminating you a little bit, and it's the hardest thing to do. So, uh, to, I'm going to bring you guys on here. So, Mike, Chuck, hello. What's up, Chad? Tabby. And so, Mike was, you know, we, we actually spent some time uh, before we got there early and uh, got an Airbnb, him and his uh, a couple of managers, which are awesome guys. Um, and uh, we had some alone time uh, and, and partied a little bit. Of course, we just talked chimney the whole time we we're there, essentially, right? You know? Yeah. And, and uh, uh, did that. It was super fun. And Linda and you starts. And Linda uh, and you is a little different. It's not a conference, right? I mean, it's not a convention, not an expo. Uh, I mean, you're not getting, you don't have like things you go by or walk around. I mean, you're literally in the room from, uh, I believe it was from what eight to uh, three o'clock. Three. Yeah, uh, yeah, for three days, and uh, and they have, and I think uh, what they wanted to do this time was motivation and and get hard strung uh, out of the speakers to really talk about culture. So it was a real culture uh, 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 show, I guess you'd say, and, uh, and it was good. Uh, Michael, what are your takeaways? Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, a really nice uh, venue. Um, you know, I was talking about, uh, you know, that was really my first big event that I had ever been to in the industry or in for any industry. And, um, I remember being there in one of the back tables and talking to someone and they recommended the book traction and it really set my business off on a totally different path than it would have been if I wouldn't have been there and had that conversation. But, um, yeah, it's a beautiful venue. Uh, I really like the ocean in the wave. <laughs> you know, I was having, I was having a good time, but he getting pounded. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it wasn't, it was nice that it was kind of a smaller place. So, you know, just walking through the lobby, you'd run into people, um, all the time. Like some of the other venues we've been to, they're so massive that, you know, you'd be walking from 15 minutes from one end to the other and, and not really run into people a lot. 
and yeah. all the dinners were nice. Um, a lot of networking, a lot of hanging out. Great. Yeah, it was, it was really good. So, I mean, I actually, you know, I don't even think I even told anybody uh, this last week when we were there, but my first Linden menu was, I don't know, it was in Chicago, 2017, maybe 16. And uh, um, that was where I'd asked to see Mike Bodar because uh, we were really struggling uh, to try to solve, still, when we are still trying to solve quarter two. Uh, you know, and I walked into his office. He was gracious, sat me down, asked me about my numbers. And I, I thought at the time I knew my numbers and what he asked about my guy's SPO was. And I'm like, what's that? He goes, their sales average. And I'm like, and I spit out a number and I did know him. He goes, but does that include the appointment that they don't sell? And I went, no, why would I do that? He goes, well, cause it's not a real number. You gotta, you gotta average it out. Ask me all sales per opportunity. And I'm so I just remember sitting across. If you ever been in his, you got a pretty good sized desk, and you're sitting. I'm sitting, there, and I just remember going like this the whole time as we're talking. It just kept shrinking down. I just felt so little, right? And, and when we got done, I left with the folder idea: how to build the folders to give away to everybody, SBOs cameras i didn't we weren't doing camera inspections back then uh your know, level twos well we, we didn't even do level twos yet then we were just camera inspections but at least we were doing that you know and i brought back that within two weeks and everybody trained on doing everything and we flipped flipped the script uh completely uh, right away for the rest of the year and then ever since we've been uh, you know evolving since then but that was my first lineman you and how much it did and he took me in to talk to me, you know, which, you know, I didn't know anybody. This is before I knew who I was. And I did that. And so, you know, I've, I, this is my second one when you, I went to, and I think it's going to be on my, every time they have it, I'm definitely going. Chuck, you've been eliminated you before? Oh yeah. I went to, last one I went to was in, um, Florida. Uh, and I want to say that was 2018. Yeah, and I'd been to some other ones, but I can't remember where they were. Mm. Uh, my Instagram was where that happened, Mike. Uh, and you was the crash of the of the Instagram. Or wasn't that up in Oregon or something? No, 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 that was Oregon. Oregon was a convention I did go to. That was like 2018, 19. Uh, but, but uh, no, it was, <laughs> it was Led He gave me a class. Debut it there at Lindem and you and I did, and then just totally bomb, you know. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I don't even know if we're even selling anymore. I gotta find out if we're, I'm sure we are, but uh, it's I've gone to so many different things since then, it's just funny. And so, all right, well, let's, let's get on to the report thing. So, I mean, I'm sure everybody can see us scrolling down below, jimmycloser.com. I mean, we've had some. First opening success. I got some big companies on it. You know, I got four wins on it. I got, uh, I've got a Wolfman on it. Um, I think Mike, you're going to look into doing it, you know, putting a couple guys on it. So, and there's other companies I have on it. You can go to chimneycloser.com. There's a list of some of the new people that are, that are doing it. And what this, and I'm just going to say it again. I'm not really going to advertise it too much, but I want to show how the app can be used. Uh, as a training app, it's like one of those things. It's like documenting, documenting everything you do in 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 
voice. And it's not a form. It's not the and you go in there, you type it up, and you can have an AI talk. Not AI perfect. As a matter of fact, I talk to the owners of the app. I just talked to the owners of that, and they talk about getting a better. They're already implementing a better AI voices into it that are better and the learning path. As we keep going and you play with the app, it's going to learn more about our processes and it's going to actually start being a little bit better of a customer, a little bit meaner, not meaner, but a little bit more difficult and, you know, to help you, you know, go along and do it and everything like that. So, I mean, it, it it's the app that can really, it can really help. So it, it takes your scripting and makes the people memorize it. You get the role play. So anyway, but here's I want to show tonight is what I built to show people the system of rapport. And and it isn't perfect, but it will at least it's documented. And I'm gonna play you guys this whole that takes probably like three minutes to go through. I'm gonna play this and kind of give you an idea of what this is. Cause once you get my app and I make you an administrator, you can type wherever you want training, and it's yours to have forever. So I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna take move you guys up here now because I got a screen mirror my my phone. So I go over here. Start mirroring. Broadcast. Come to here. Okay, I'm there. And then gotta go to the app. All right. Now I come here. I've got to figure out how to share my screen. Present. Share screen. All right. Can everybody see the app? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Now let's hope that I can, it'll play where you can hear it. Here we go. This is not memorization section. This is the training to give you the city hearing report. Yeah. Every customer should know three to five things about you. If not, then you are just a salesman selling chimney repairs. You are a human being first before you became a chimney sweep or technician. Your interests and experiences will help you gain trust in rapport. These are the categories you should be ready to chat about to your client when the opportunity presents itself. Then I gotta say, oh. Family. If you see a similar family situation at a client's house, bring up you have the same situation. Example. You see a family photo that there are three daughters and no boys. I, Chad Rory, have five daughters. I then tell them I love your family photo because I married my high school sweetheart and we have five daughters. I show them a family portrait. It always starts an off-chimney point of beginning the journey of the client liking me. I like that. Pets. Almost every home has a pet. You probably have had a pet or you currently have a pet. Easiest compliment in a home is I like your pet. What's his name? Later when the pet is around you with a client, tell them about your pet. Chad Murray has a bulldog. Every client with a dog see a picture of Augie looking into the camera with a bone in his mouth. Okay? Sports. If you see any sports memorabilia in the home, bring up your sports passion. Key here is to be positive. If they are a rival team, make it fun and keep it unconventional. The kids' sports is always a good topic with the clients. If you see a cheerleader or football picture of their kids, then bring it up. Inquire about it. If you have a kid in the same sport, then you will get stories from the client. Key is to get your story out fast and let them talk more about their kids while you nod in happy bliss. Chad Murray always tells his clients he is a cup nice skater and a select volleyball player. 
It always brings out the select stories from the clients. I show a picture or two of my girls' sports. Okay. Military. If you see a folded flag, picture of a serviceman or women, medals, anything saying they are retired, active, or have a child serving that at minimum thank them. Briefly tell your branch what you did and where you serve. I would then tell them when you got out, turn the conversation directly to them. Ask about their loved one or their service experience. What did you do in the military or what does your loved one do? Okay. Hobbies. If you see a bike in the occurrence, ask if they do competitions. If you bike, then chat about it. Hobbies are so numerous that I can't write about it. If you have a hobby that every client should know about it. If you discover a client's hobby that you need to be the most interested person in the world about their hobby, ask questions. Every client Chad Murray goes to knows he has a cabin in northeast Oklahoma. He hunts and had a big enough cabin to sleep 20 people. He regularly has his family and friends up to the cabin. Okay. We sell experiences. Fire is an experience. It's not cheap to sell a rip and replace. It's not cheap to remodel a fireplace or a chimney that's be struck by lightning. What sets you apart from your competition? Your pricing is not what's selling over your competition. It's you. People purchase from people they like. Say it. People purchase from people they like. Go be a salesperson and sell the repairs or go be the most interesting chimney person showing up to sell the client the repairs. It's your choice to start being you and follow this training. Your results will double or even 10x. All right. So stop sharing. Okay. So next. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, that is how I'm training people just to get the information of how to do it. Not perfect. The AI will get better and it'll sound better. And that, and I'm actually some of those, uh, corrections, uh, like where it's the D, I've got already that fixed. I just was in the wrong account. Uh, sure went to another account that already had been uh, updated for the correction stuff. But, but the idea is how do you take somebody that we hire new and tell them all this information about chimney? La la la, you know, cuss, you know, uh, you know, just all the stuff about water intrusions, all the stuff about, you know, uh, penetration of, of or clearance and combustible, just whatever. We're, we're, we're training them all this information and then we tell them to go out there and just be you. <laughs> it's so hard. You know, I mean, they're, they're so, you know, when they're first learning, you've got to tell them how to be you. You know, how do you be you? Well, we got to give them the scenarios. Look around the house as you're there. You know, you think of pet sports, family, uh, hobbies, and, uh, and military right there. They can see that stuff, clicks in their brain to talk about it, whatever. I don't quite tell them quite yet in the app when to really bring it up, except for when you walk in, say something nice about the house. Start through a pour like that. You're not the chimney guy there. You're whoever in their house to tell them whoever they might be. So, I mean, that is what makes the difference between a two to three million dollar sales guy and a guy at a million or less. It, it, they buy from people. I mean, I know you hear that all the time, but guys, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a super good start. Lays, lays the, the base level down. Um, you know, our guys, we have, uh, all the customers get a picture of our technician and a bio before they show up. 
So I make sure the bios are like funny and interesting and, and like strange little talking points about them. And a lot of times that really helps the customer already like ask them, you know, intimate questions about their life or whatever they can connect with. Um, I actually train our technicians kind of the almost opposite in a way, you know, you're like, Hey, you need to learn these things about me. We're like, Hey, learn, you know, three details about the customer or after the job, like tell me about this customer. Alan Rush is great at that. You know, after the job, he'll be in the truck with them. Like, tell me about them. What were their hobbies? What were their this or that? If you don't know it, then, you know, you clearly didn't build a rapport. That's coming. That was actually the next part of that. Uh, You know, because yeah, I, I, I've always taught just to try to break the ice and I just try to teach them how to talk to the customer as a human being. Right. You know, I mean, and then, and then you go from there. And, but if you go through the training, as I, as I added that in there, I'm, I'm telling, I'm actually telling them, you want to talk about one to two minutes about you and you want to hear four to five minutes about them. And so I'm, I'm, I'm easing it in, you know, again, I don't want to overload everybody in the training app of just everything all at once. You know, you got to kind of get them good at a couple things. Get them going to tell them about themselves. Everybody's easy. It's easy to talk about yourself, right? It's hard to ask people about other people. So if you can train them into talking about themselves, you're now going to open up the window to ask more about what they're doing and then flip the switch on, yeah, I was in the Marine Corps, you know, blah, 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 station there. I see you have a flag over there. Tell me about that flag. I'm really interested, right? And then now, now you put your ears on and you listen and you be a person. And then hopefully... As you're learning stuff, it'll help you at the end make the sale. Or, you know, you have the rapport. You know, I find this is funny. Here's where I find rapport with my personality when I'm out at a house or just trying to sell anybody anything. If I can build that rapport all the way through the beginning before we get to the table, and then once we're at the table, I'm still building a rapport, talking about me, asking about them, and blah blah blah. The funny thing is, is when they say I gotta think about it, my old rebuttal would be because I got to know them good enough in the last hour. I'm comfortable to go, why? What do you need to wait for? Why do you need to wait? I don't even go into all these big rebuttals like, why do you need to wait? You know, you know you need it. I mean, who else is gonna do it better than me? And I would say that kind of stuff, I would flip half my customers right there. I'm like, there's no need to wait, you know, you know, let's do this. And uh because I was comfortable at being that upfront with probably 60 to 70% of my clients. When they gave me that rebuttal, I was just right at them. It's like, why? Let's do this. I can get you on the schedule now. And, uh, and I would flip them. I would flip them like that. I mean, I was good at it, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, Chuck, talk to me, man. So when I do sales training and when I did it, when I had my chimney business, the biggest thing it's always good to ask questions. They, you know, we've all heard the saying about you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. The biggest thing is that it has to be genuine. You have to be comfortable in your own skin. You can't just learn a script because it'll come out to, hi, how you doing? Oh, I see the flag out front. Were you in the army? Huh? Well, I was never in the army. Okay. Well, is that your Woodstock? And, and it becomes, you know, I would tell people, think about if you were um, maybe at a barn and you just wanted to introduce yourself to somebody, 
or maybe you were taken home by your girlfriend or your boyfriend and you were meeting, you know, the parents, cousins at Christmas or Thanksgiving, that's going to be uncomfortable for everybody. You don't know each other. So the best thing to do is put everything in the best light and find a commonality. But again, the key that you're talking about is you always have the other person talk more than what you do. And it's just like the sales process of you never ask a question that you can't have a follow-up. You don't want to give anybody, hey, do you have any problem driving here? No, no, it was fine. That doesn't go anywhere. A better way would be like, boy, I had a heck of a time getting here. You know, there was an accident by the stop sign. They rerouted me around the corner. Did you see any of that? Is that common in this neighborhood? Well, now they've got to answer that. And that, but you have to be comfortable. And that's a little bit of a thing that has to be learned by some people. A lot of people comes to them naturally. Well, the thing about comfortability is that's where the script come in. You get their brain to do it. And, and you're right. It, 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 it's not what, it's like falling down riding a bike. It is going to sound scripted when you start. Mm-hmm. They have to have that process and that system of what to say until they get comfortable in their old skin. Because what happens when we put somebody out there? They have just learned all this stuff. And now it's like, if they have to just literally go off of memory and they don't really have the full process, they're not going to be as good. So when I mean, we train in our app, learn the script, but you still got to go out and be you. I mean, this is your process. You know, you memorize this. You get it out there. Nobody's going to memorize a script, especially as detailed as you learn on my app, exactly like the script. You have to pass each app to try to get it at least 60% to pass. But you, you, I don't expect you, and nor does anyone expect you, you're going to go out there and you're going to sound exactly like that script. But you're going to have all the nuggets for each section of as, you're, as you call, you knock on the door, you walk in, you're, you're bringing yourself to that, right? And then you're going to learn and you tell people, look for all the stuff, get the report, talk. <laughs> the main thing is if you just say, find stuff in the room to talk about the, their deal. The problem is if you just leave it at that, they have no idea what to look for. You know, find the flag, find the picture of it. When the dog comes up and it's jumping all over you, you know, if there's a 90 year old cat sitting on the, on the, uh, on the couch, barely move, you know, um, you know, you see it, you see a, a, a trophy or two or, you know, homework. There's just so much that you can trigger in your mind to just start up a conversation and see. I never had to be trained this. I just naturally talk to people. I mean, so, and I'd hired a whole bunch of rocks that worked for me that literally, I mean, if I could listen to them, that would be Rilla called, call up, uh, call Alan Rush to be on Rilla. You want to find out exactly what the guys are saying, call him. He'll get you on that. But I could tell you, if I were a fly on the wall and some of the people that I know after I got to know them that I hired rock, they probably never, when you leave, they know nothing about the client and they do nothing about them. And their SPO is probably 200, 200, you know, and they didn't last long. Our, our sales lead has a, a game he plays when he's training. It's kind of a um, role play thing where he basically just says, how long can you go with just asking open-ended questions and try and have a whole conversation for as long as you can just, and, uh, you know, a good one I think he teaches is just like, tell me more about that. 
you know, it comes in really handy in the comfort survey when we're asking about, um, you know, what do you enjoy using your fireplace for? Oh, building, you know, making memories or kids having kids around. Like, man, that's not the end of that answer. Like, you got to dig into that and get, you know, get the rest of that story. Tell me more about that. But tell me more about that. And, uh, and, uh, and just the next question is, is where you're just going to listen. It's so, it works. So it was one of the things that we learned when I learned in, in trying to sell coaching uh, when I'm on Zoom calls and stuff. You know, I wanted to hear their, you know, I want to hear them tell me their pains and stuff. And instead of just doing the bullet list, I, I got to go, well, tell me more about that. And they just show up and talk and they just let people just go off. So before I get to the Rob, Rob came on here and said, happy Wednesday from Wisconsin, Jim McGill training in Merrill, Wisconsin. Hey, hey, Rob, I hope it's going good up there. Uh, I know it's cold as you know, one up there. And, uh, Sorry to hear about your Green Bay Packers, you know, but, you know, uh, they did get knocked out. So happy that uh, they did. <laughs> uh, everyone, the pounding they did to my Cowboys. <clears throat> what a terrible team. Anyway. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. The fun thing is, and I think this is, and Mike, you probably really attest this, and maybe even you, Chuck, probably. Nobody really trained on role-playing and you know we were growing up in this right it wasn't really a lot of stuff that a lot of companies did to help their people out. i was like they trained them go go do it you know study your inspections make sure your inspections are good but there was no real role play i have always done only one role play has been with me since day one that's why do you buy our chimney gap my guys if you in my company you have to tell me why do you buy our chimney gap? I've been doing that for 27 years. And so and it's funny. Last year, Trumbull asked me about it, and I was I was having a bad day. I, I think I had a headache. And I like I like messed it up just trying to tell him. Tell me about it. I heard this much about it. I'm like, okay, like, you know, I've covered the entire time with the chimney. I just had a pair of terrible time. But anyway, um, but full coverage scope chimney cap. Everyone should be selling them. I mean, definitely change your business if you're not. But uh but wrestling was never that's something there, you know, really? we started doing it like four or five years ago. Yeah. The first time I was ever even introduced to anything like that was actually at the Lindemann event eight years ago. I remember being outside with the Lindemann reps and they're like trying to have me role play and, and go through these sales things. And I was totally like not into it. I remember being like, what is this? I don't get it. I'm not, uh, not into it at all. And then now, you know, when we do our standard and standards and expectations on day one actually even before that in the interviews you know we just say hey we're a role play culture we practice before the big game it's just going to be something that you're gonna to do if you're if you join our team and um day one role playing you learn you will learn everybody's uncomfortable doing it when they start you just are right because because you have to think about, I've got to get out in front of everybody, my peers, I've got to act and do what I, my training, see if I get it right, you know, and make sure that I think you, that you have to think. But it's the reason why role playing is so powerful is because when you do it in front of all your peers, they know if you're saying it wrong. You know, they know if you had a bad answer or a bad day. And if you're in a good company, they're going to help you out and all that kind of stuff, right? 
But if you go out with a customer, they don't have a clue if you did it wrong. So, I mean, it's easy to go out to a customer and, and, and say the wrong thing and nobody, they don't know any better. But when you, but when you all of a sudden have to come in front of a house, in front of the house and you have to tell everybody and you're playing with someone else and you, and you, and you bumble through it. Well, I mean, you're kind of getting called out, but you, you got to know your stuff, you know, and, and that's without everybody coming down on you because you're going to feel bad. That's the after, but at the beginning, you're all super nervous just because you're, you're not used to being on stage, right? If you can do it on stage, you're going to kill it out there with the customer. And that's where, that's where it really, really goes to shine. And I can always tell when we're role playing someone, like, oh God, we hired a rock. The guy was good in the interview. But my God, this guy cannot role play with me at all. So, yeah. Role, role playing in a group setting. I mean, that's, that's another added layer of stress. I mean, you definitely want some stress to mimic what it's going to be like in front of a customer. You know, if you've been to my place, we build those three tiny living, you know, it wouldn't, not the size of a living room, the size of a tiny bedroom, but we have three of them, each of them with, uh, different memorabilia or things about them to build rapport and, you know, pretend you're in three different houses, each one actually progressively with less things to build rapport off of. And, um, I don't think we ever got it, but the goal was to, to get a Nerf gun for the last one, you know, have nothing in the room, build rapport off of, I think there's a wheelchair in there, um, build rapport off a wheelchair and then, and then have the, the trainer sit there with the Nerf gun pointed at you just to add that little bit of stress. So it's not, you know, not too carefree. Uh, you know, you, you know, it'd be good if everybody had a Nerf gun and when you messed up, everybody gets to shoot you. Yeah, yeah, we have those, uh, we ordered them, um, they're like these co big cotton balls and they're really, they're, they're meant to be like summer snowballs. And so we have them in these big bowls. Like there's a big bowl in the tech room and there's a big bowl in the kids, uh, uh, daycare room and snowballs around making a mess all over. Um, what? So. Have you guys done, I know you guys are on Rilla now. Have you, have you guys, have you guys been able to, uh, uh, really showcase and help people out to build rapport because of Rilla starting there? Oh yeah. So I haven't personally been on Rilla, but I hear them talking about it a lot and I, I kind of have seen how it works over their shoulders. But, um, so part of it is it has these scores built in. Uh, for instance, there's a patient score and the patient score is literally how long do you start talking after the customer finishes talking? So very low patient score would be like, you're literally cutting them off or do you give it a second and then, you know, they're fully done with what they're saying and then you're responding. Um, and the other score is a listen to talk ratio. Just what you've been talking about, you know, um, I thought it was, I thought the goal was to be way more dramatic. Like maybe um, 80, 20 or sorry, 20, 80, listen to talk ratio. But um, their data is like some of the best in the country is more like 60, 40. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then for building rapport, you know, you can, you can basically cut out snippets of the conversation and save it to a folder 
that says best practices or worst, you know, this is a fail, there's a fail folder and there's a best practice folder for in section for building rapport. So other techs can listen, Hey, this guy did this amazing and, and kind of, and, and, uh, we just got mixed in. So we're under Ellen Rush's umbrella for that. And, um, the companies that are using Alan Rush all cut their stuff kind of mixed up together, I think on purpose in this last week. So at least right now we have access to all these other companies recordings, which is kind of interesting to see how they're doing it. Um, That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in, so, I mean, honestly, the way I'm hoping, the way I'm looking at stuff is I'm hoping that people can buy the chimney closer, get on that app, learn, learn the process. And by the way, we were just sponsored by Chimney Saver, Saver System. They're, they sponsored me. If you go to the website, you'll see their logo on there. Um, uh, so I'm going to be adding a, a new uh, sales process for the Chimney Saver products uh, on there. Uh, and then if any other, if anyone's listening that is a manufacturer, you want to add your products to it, give me a call. And then whenever you have a new product out, I'll teach, you know, we'll, 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 we'll work with you to how you want everyone to teach it. And they can come on chimney, uh, chimney closer to learn how to, to, to teach it like that fast. Um, uh, but, and then you get that, you got the verbiage down, you got that. If you, if you can get on Alan Rush, uh, two year waiting list and get it with him there and have him come out. But then obviously, you know, if you have the right CRM, you can go sign up with Rilla and start recording out there. But I wanted to bring a deliverable that everyone can start learning how to, the processes and, and the speech before in the training. And then, I mean, the Rilla thing is, is spectacular. And so, uh, that, that, that's next level stuff, but you got to know what to say first. The guy's got to be in the house first, be able to say, and that's a deliverable that I wanted to, to bring to the, to the deal. And so, um, I, I want, I'm going to be trying to be building and rapport and building different things. I remember you were talking about this before. What's up, Steve? Hey. Um, yeah, I missed you in, uh, in Puerto Rico. Steve is busy having a, a baby. Busy having babies, baby. <laughs> Beautiful uh, thing, by the way. Uh, we were talking about the comfort survey. We're like both working on the same thing. Um, you know, in our comfort survey, I think it's 10 questions and it's, it, I actually want to build even more in there. And it's, you know, in our chimney inspection software, bare hands pro it's in the beginning. And I love that because it's really an excuse, you know, it'd be an awkward 10 questions to ask in a doorway or in front of the fireplace. It's like kind of forces you to sit down at the kitchen table. Um, it's a good excuse that the technician's like, yeah, this is part of our process. You know, I'm going to ask you these questions and, and I like to say, say to them, you know, where you start is where you finish. So start at the kitchen table, makes it super easy to, to set the tone for the appointment and then to circle back there at the end for the, you know, going over the inspection report proposal and all that. Um, but yeah, it's like these in-depth questions about why you're there, why, you know, what they want to get out of the system, um, which before we were doing that. Our technicians were asking questions, but it was maybe like two or three. Yeah. It just wasn't that in depth. And now we're asking stuff like has to have to do with indoor air quality. Like, are you breathing? You know, what, what are you smelling? What are you, are you having any issues with that? 
um, you know, HVAC's really good at that. And uh, I, we haven't been. I don't know if other chimney companies are, but we, you know, it's a huge deal. People breathe in, you know, carcinogens all year round because they're not getting their chimneys cleaned in the spring. You can smell it. It's gross. I can smell it walking into people's houses sometimes. How is that? You know, your kids are breathing that all day. Like, yeah. I So I haven't built that in a chimney closer yet because I'm still trying to figure out. I'm doing it as 1.0 right now, and then it, it'll just continue to 2.0. But that's something that uh, that it's going to be 2.0 is, is, is getting to the fact of training the people how to have the right questions and and whatever. And, and the start at the table is definitely something that I think is going to change the industry. If they, if anyone started, you're going to start seeing guys that are doing the, the stand up tablet, right? You know, then you're like, I've always done, you know, the stand up tablet, but then I've always sat down. I've always sat down at a table. That's been my deal for 27 years. I have never closed standing up ever. Unless the customer just was a jackass and just said, we, you know, wouldn't let me in the door after I was outside doing something. But generally, I'm at the couch, wherever they're, I asked them where they're, I used to ask them where they're comfortable. I didn't care. I could, I could do it anywhere. And then my last few years when I was out, when I was training back in 17, 18, and 19, when I was training technicians uh, or sales guys, I would definitely get to the table. I would always look for the, whatever table or the or the or the kitchen island you know depending on which was easier for you know look more comfortable uh but i loved i absolutely loved the idea of you know, come in you know uh, you know introduce yourself say something nice about the house and then oh there's the fireplace great listen can we sit over there I, I, i'm going to go through some questions i want to know about your fireplace i want to know your relationship with it and, and i want to know where our goals are with the fireplace so maybe we sit down and then go into the you know, all these different uh, questions. Air quality was not on my radar. I'm glad you said that. That's a really good question to talk about. Uh, and, and then to try to come up with, you know, a good 10, 15 questions and kind of play that game you were talking about. How many questions can I ask to get to know your fireplace? And think about it like that. I mean, I guarantee you they're better not doing There's no way. I mean, you just show right away the interest right and you care about their fireplace how many other guys show up and go where's your fireplace i gotta get my camera set up and i'm gonna set up and i'm gonna give you a long list of shit we gotta do get be expensive get ready bend over because here we come you want to use your fireplace this is what it's gonna be. you know it's dictator dictator salesman right and uh and yeah i mean you can do that in some markets but you damn sure can't do that in tech you better become a friend of them while you're there because they don't need their fire. Unless it's leaking or got a dead animal in it, they don't need it. I mean, so you better show that they love their fireplace and they want to use it and you're, you're, you're going to give them solutions and give them what they want, right? Like Alan always said, who's the hero? Are you the hero or is the customer the hero? You know, and so. Right. And a, a lot of HVAC guys are, are, I mean, they take this to, to uh, a pretty intense degree where they get rid of their tablet, they have a pen and paper, and part of their like active listening is taking really, really good notes about whatever the customer's saying. 
So we, we just all input it into Bare Hands Pro on the tablet as they're going along. Then that way it saves it. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't push it out in the inspection report that the customer sees, but it pushes it out in, in kind of an internal report that we can see. That way, if we're following up with the customer later or whatever, we still know what their goals were. But that is a big part of it too, just active listening, putting in all the notes there and showing them that, you know, you care about it. I mean, how else That's are you going to- live version right now, Mike? Uh, our version. I believe that's just for us. We're still messing with that. And, um, probably in a week or two, we'll push that, uh, to the market version. Good. Yeah. A dog ball bear out for a little bit. Here's your time, man. <laughs> well, bear hands pro we're, we're, um, we've actually been, uh, rebuilding the whole thing. We, you know, Software is kind of funny like that. I mean, you know, uh, we, we have a lot of features that we want to build in and the way that it was going, we we're kind of having to, to bandaid them on. And so we opted for, you know, to kind of put new features on a pause, um, and rebuild the whole thing. Uh, and it's about a year process We're about halfway through, but in, in about six months, we'll have a new version and it's going to be badass. And one of the things that I really want to build in it that I think will help a lot of people is gas diagnostic flows for my company, getting, getting, getting our gas division going was such a struggle. Um, and you know, there's a lot of these classes that are fantastic. Um, we had Bob Weiss out, we had Jim Brewer out. But gas is not a two-day hands-on class. I mean, tremendously helpful, and I can't thank those guys enough for, for helping us with that. But it's just so much more than a, a two-day class. But what we could do in Bare Hands Pro is, you know, there's like six valves, and we can make videos. And if as long as the technician knows how to use the tools, they can just follow step-by-step step through, through a di diagnostic flow. And, um, not that there shouldn't be training. There should still all be all that training, but man, it can get your gas division up and going like way easier than, than what we endured when we got started. So that's one of the things I'm super excited about, but, uh, yeah, we're about six months off from a, a big relaunch. Uh, and I can't wait. And so, I mean, me and Mark are developing at CRM service galaxy and we, uh, it, as you know, it's taken us two years. We, we, we probably give it out in like eight to 10 months. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so we have a launch date now of pre-selling, uh, or, uh, uh, I guess you say beta testing for people. Uh, we're really looking at beta testing, uh, in, uh, June. So it, we should be live, hopefully. For anybody, anybody can beta test it. We're, I mean, we're going to probably let, you know, as many people that want to do it, you'll still pay for it, but, you know, we'll, we'll do it at a little bit of a discount, possibly. We'll get it. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're excited. And what we're doing, we have our own way to inspect the chimney in there, but we're going to bring Barehand Pro and the other software in as well. And you get to choose which one you want to use. 
And so you can use ours. Sometimes you can use ours. You might use bare hands. Now, you have to have a subscription to bare hands, bro. You know, it's going to be where, you know, it, it, you know, you still have to have that. And then come to our CRM, just like you do with service site and stuff like that. So, but would have the option, you know, use ours and Mike, you know, for easy stuff or whatever. But I can't wait to get on, you know, and start using the, the bare hands pro as well. So, I mean, I'm, and I'm excited. And, and a big part of your CRM is you guys built, Hey Jack, man, I had a ton of fun hanging out with Jack in, uh, Puerto Rico. Like I, I really, really, um, appreciate you, man. You're a good dude. You and your wife. What? Let's just stay on the Jack story here now. Jack, he's a unique individual. The guy is always up. The guy has always got something good to ask, and he's generally kind and caring. You just don't find guys that have that soul and that spirit like that. Trumbull's one of them. You're one of them. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I mean, I. I don't have that. Mark Stoner is one of those. You guys all just have the that it to attraction, you know, and what you guys put out in the world and the way you guys are. It, it's just so special. I love our group that we're forming. It's like a new, we have people wanting to come into our group and we're forming this little dynamic with not a click. We'll let anybody, but we are really becoming. Uh, learning together, and and I think Jack and I we're gonna own Jack. I mean, I already own Jack, but Jack's coming up, and I'm gonna I'm wearing. I want him to own it with. So, <laughs> I would try to be more like y'all. And so, um, well, thanks, Jack. But no, you really are special to the industry, I, and I'm I'm honored to have you in my state and to know and to know you. So, anyway, um. What were we talking about before we asked Jack? Um, so someone was asking me about CRM and Service Titan, and we got off the topic of scheduling algorithms or like a, a dispatch, dispatch AI or whatever you want to call it. Um, unless it's a super simple, like one service, one area, one thing, I still have yet to see that functional, you know, like the guy who cuts my hair, they have that because one service, one thing, you know, maybe multiple people and you can find a time slot or Calendly, you know, but to have a, a functional one with drive time and more variables, you know, resources, maybe you have one tech has a 40 foot ladder, one doesn't, um, you know, maybe you have a gas division, wood division. Uh, yeah, so that's part of your thing, right? Yeah, and you know, and and it works. We've been playing with it, and it is awesome. If you're a three-truck company, <clears throat> I mean, it'll work if you're a one-truck. I mean, if you're a three-truck company and above, my scheduling app or my CRM we're coming out with, your girls never have to look at a map. You're your, I say girls, your call center people never have to look at a map. They literally go to it, put the, put it in, and it's going to, you have two modes you can put it in. First available, which does not help routing. Matter of fact, that sucks the routing, but it'll still give it to you. Or you put it in what we call AMER. And I don't remember what AMER stands for. My brother and I made it up. 
AI something, you know, remote, I don't remember what it was. But uh, uh, you put it in aimer mode and it spits the best time for your company that the closest person that's doing that, that one of your suites or educators, uh, or you want to call them, or even job, who is qualified to do the job, closest appointment that they have to it, and then offers those times. It's going to offer you five hot times, which are probably within a day or two or three. Well, if you're we are first available, but it's going to route it to the best one. But it's always going to give you the best first available for the company. Like, for instance, if you're booked out a week, you no. don't really care if that customer goes on next Friday or next Thursday. If they're available for both and Friday is a better route, you're going to pick Friday. Because Friday, they may only be a mile away from their appointment before. But Thursday, they might be six miles away of what was first available, but it's six miles away when if I just offer them next Friday, it's only a mile away. And so it works. It's phenomenal. So uh, that was the first thing that we started when we started is building that out. And then it's not AI. It's done by, like you said, uh, we don't have the ladder thing on there, but we do have it technician skilled. Um, uh, you get to set what the desirable uh, closest thing is. So like if you're in a smaller city or something, you want to say, well, I really wanted to seek out immediately as fast something uh, only three miles away from the last client. Okay. So, you know, five hot ones will only show the three mile one. And then it'll show then, you can scroll down for every open time after that below it. And it's going to put it in going to put it in order for how far away it is from other points. And so, super, it's, it's super cool. I mean, there's a lot of other super cool stuff. I'm going to keep the lid on it a little bit, uh, but it is, it is going to be, we're hoping to uh, uh, take a lot of people in the chimney industry because it is literally built by Mark, me, and my brother. And so, uh, and it's going to really, really, I think, help a lot of people that I can't afford service titan. Don't want to go through the pain of, of going through the service titan training. Um, you know, really the we're really our, I think what we're focusing on is really the the zero to like seven or eight truck companies uh, right in there, and that's kind of the sweet spot of the, in the industry anyway. Uh, uh, you know where people are. Uh, I have no idea what our price point is going to be yet. Uh, we still are trying to figure out what our cogs are. Uh, and, and everything, uh, but it isn't going to be uh, as much as service type. I'll say that. So. Well, there's, there's a lot of people on aging, you know, aging CRMs, you know, uh, right. service, I sleep, that kind of thing. And, um, but, you know, Chad, you, um, I remember you telling me a long time ago how important it was for is basically dispatching for revenue, um, you know, dispatching your production side for revenue instead of just filling the board up. And we also have a CSR that's dedicated for basically ironing out the schedule for efficiency, for gaps, or just moving things around for drive time. I mean, it, you can kind of have a person, it's rough. Cause if you're like two, three trucks and one ta one city, you can kind of, a person can kind of do that. A CSR can, as they're booking, kind of schedule and see this stuff. But past like five, six trucks, and especially if you have a service area that's multiple cities or you're trying to juggle these different things or you have 
gas division, wood division, heart division, it just begins to be too much. And a CSR, like ideally, they're, they have tunnel vision. They're just book the job, book the job, book the job. And so that other role, I mean, it so easily pays for itself. Plus, I mean, if you, the way when I was training her for the importance of this position, we just put the numbers on it. We said, okay, take a, take a chimney guy, you know, his say close rate 33%, his, um, average ticket, average sales, six grand. So six grand divided in a third is 2000 bucks. So if he has a gap on his schedule for whatever reason, that's a $2,000 gap. So we're going to add up all the gap and that's going to be basically a scorecard for the day. How much money, you know, and a gap might not even look like a gap. He might have three jobs, but it's over here to over here to over here, driving back and forth all over town when it could just be flipped around a little bit. And now he has room for a fourth job and that's a $2,000 difference times, you know, five trucks, 10 trucks, whatever that adds up real quick. Yes. So on the CSR side or, or on the uh, service side, and then also on the production side. Well, would you start working with me or you have a conversation with me and I ask you to earn numbers? I like to hear about it. Do you know a couple numbers, you know, how much production do you have up this week and how much, how much, uh, sales are you going to have this week? And then what did you do last week? So I asked, and, and it is shocking how nobody knows. And, and not, not nobody, but I'll, I would say, you know, uh, guys that have less than six or seven trucks that don't have someone who's supposed to know the numbers and do it, how uh, they're supposed to know that, that number. They don't know it. They have no clue. They have no clue if they're profiting this month or this week. And, and I open their eyes when I, when, when I say, well, you gotta go find, what are your bills? Is what are your bills for a month? You know, what, what were your bills last month? Okay. They were, I'm just going to use your hand. They were 40,000. Okay. So that means your bills every week are 10 grand. You're going to schedule more than $10,000 a week in, in work. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you, how do you run a business? You know, business 101, not knowing to schedule for profits. So the next part of that is, is I'll, is I'll go look, look at your calendar. And you look at the calendar, right? And there, it's full. It's, it looks busy. Add it all up. What does it equal? 7,400. But we're busy. You're busy losing money. <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's that serious. And it's so funny. Uh, hey, I, I, guys, I don't know who, who that is. So, but hi. Um, it's funny how it's the most, it's the most, basic thing you're in business for right to, to support your family minimum yet you don't even know if you're making any money and it just if it, it, it doesn't drive me crazy it drives me what drives me crazy is after i start working with people and i'm working with them four or five months and they still can't tell me their number and i'm like drilling it into them like what we got to get past this you got to start knowing your numbers and, and, and if you're the guy that just, I'm not going to do that, well, you give it to a co-center girl. 
Let her tell yeah. you all the production you got. Well, that was such a game changer for us in this last year, having our dispatchers like, this is your, this is your baby. And so they start out in the morning, you know, it could be some crazy number, you know, 30 grand, whatever. And they're, they're working it and they're going back and forth. I hear them. I'm, my office is kind of close for them. So I can hear them talking about it. What do we have up now? Blah, blah, blah. And then, um, they do basically send us a report at the end of the day to the management team. Um, this is, I don't know if you could see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, white, white it out. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's part of it. Yeah, you can't see it. Yep. And they have the revenue for the day, upcoming jobs, upcoming jobs by division, um, different stuff. And, uh, you know, how many appointments were booked. Um, but they're, they're on that number and they know exactly what that number, they know how many working days there are in the month. They know what our monthly revenue goal is. Part of that's based on sales of last month. Like it's not just a number we pick out of the air. It's like, this is a number based on our sales. What, what we can actually do with revenue. Um, how many working days a month and how much needs to be up every day to meet that goal. And if they get off by a couple of days, they recalculate the numbers and go, okay, now here's, here's our new goal for the rest of the month. And you know, you know, what's great about it. it and I, I bet you, I bet what your answer is going to be when I ask you, I, I know the answer. It's almost a gamification for them in a, in a, in a pride thing to be able to beat your goal. Right. Oh, they absolutely. Probably it, have a blast showing you, look what we did every week. Right. Well, yeah, it's, so it's not just like, oh, we filled the board. It's like, okay, we're 10 grand off. How do we do this? And then it's, how do we do this? We're, we're short a guy. He's, he called in, whatever. Like, do we have any managers who can, you know, hop in a truck and, and run this or this missing a part? Like, how can we get it? Like, I don't know, is there CSR? Can they go pick up a part? Like, they'll, they'll just figure out all these crazy solutions to, to make it happen because they know what the goal is. Yeah, having a goal is really good for the teamwork. Um, so what I'm hearing, do you guys just focus on the top line? Excuse me, the top line number of what you're going to sell that day? Well, the sales is a lot more variable. I mean, we have sales goals, but that's, um, but this is for, these are jobs that are already sold that they're working into. They're treating the schedule like a, like puzzle pieces to find places to put more revenue. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, when we're talking, and so to answer kind of a question, Chuck, a little bit about the way me and Mike Precious talking about this in Puerto Rico, the way I do Mike shows me this massively awesome spreadsheet he has for top and bottom line. And then he can, and maybe he compliments me like, well, you kind of do this the way you do it. And the way I do it, so totally more simplified is, is, uh, is the bottom line. You know, it matters too, but you know, because you've got to know what your bottom line revenue is or or build and all that kind of stuff, you know, because that's almost a constant, right? So, but what we're, what you got to bring to when you're scheduling for profit, that's part of the equation. That bottom line is in there. Like, so when I give a goal, so when Mike says he gives a goal and they're down 10,000, that goal, bottom line is included. It's absolutely in there. It, we need to know, and, and Mike, Mike spreads, Mike spreads it all over. Maybe Mike, it's where he, he's maybe 
where it is top line. Mine is uh, all all inclusive. Mine is top bottom line. Our goal, you know, uh, is is a hundred thousand dollars sales in production every week. That's our goal right now. And so, and, and and we do it. And by the way, last week it was hilarious. We did one hundred twenty five thousand dollars in sales while every manager was gone. <laughs> so funny. And so I was telling them. Do I really need you guys? I call them up Monday. Do I need you guys really? So, uh, yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we know what our, for instance, uh, break, break even number in revenue would be for the month. And we know what the revenue number would be to, to net 10%, 15%, 20%. the kind of driving force. Then we just break it down to the day and you know we'll have months where they start slipping at the beginning of the month they'll they'll be off by a little bit be off by a little bit more and it's like okay we got to get it together um now that revenue number is bigger for the rest of the working days throughout the month that hit that mark right um or work more days you know that leave those saturdays open guys you might just need them at the end of the month so i'm assuming this is jonah and that's why Jack said it, because we can't see it on StreamYard. So, hi, Jonah. Yeah. We love him, too. And so, well, guys, it's, it's you know, we, you know, like we always do, it's a chat with Chad. We kind of ventured off a little bit. And I'm sure if you guys or anyone watching this, I hope you learned something and uh, and go from there. So, uh, guys, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll be doing chat with Chad every week again, as I have been, uh, except for last week when I was in Puerto Rico. and. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Good hang out with you guys. Appreciate it. All right, guys. So that was Chow Chad and I. Pretty good eclectic little uh, group here we had there. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about rapport uh, for had the first half hour about the app, how you can build rapport in, you know, and uh, oh, thanks, Jack. And so, um, you know, how how you can go to my app and learn the report that can be taught over and over again and do stuff. And then we brought it to, you know, how to know your numbers a little bit and how you, how you schedule for profits, you know, just, you know, a lot of that, you know, a lot of that stuff, the chimney one-on-one, how to train people. And so my mission, honestly, if you ever get to know me, you want to call me up for anything, free advice, I'll be glad to talk to you. My mission is to help the industry. And so I'm doing other things too, but I really love the industry who made me who I am today. Uh, it gave me the opportunity to raise five kids, beautiful house, loving my wife. It was the chimney industry that did it. And so I want to give back. I want to help. And, you know, and so if you want to talk to me about chimney closer, go to chimneycloser.com. Go ahead. You know, you can click the button. You can make an appointment with me. I'll show it to you. It's a thousand dollars to sign up and a hundred dollars a guy every month. It's that, it's that simple. I'll be upgrading it at all time. I give you, once you get in there, y'all, the owner of the company, I'll flip it to where you're an administrator in there and you can actually make your own scripting and do something. I'll show you how to play with the AI and everything else. And the sky's the limit. I've, I'm with the company that started this app and we are really, really working on getting this app to really go to places we they didn't even dream it could go. And now that I'm helping them out. And so we really are, uh, at the fledgling thing of now of training how to give the deliverable of how to make people be better salesmen from the beginning. 
So guys, that's my time. And so I appreciate it. I love the industry. Good night.